What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 26, a bonus episode of the Mike and Dave Podcast. This is Dave, and this episode we're going to be doing part two of reviewing our NFL tier list from this past season. So you'll get to see how right we were, how wrong we were, and just kind of in general recapping um, each of these teams' seasons. Mike, how did you feel we did overall on this tier list? Well, first of all, this is Mike. How y'all doing? But overall, all right, I think. Uh, there are definitely some some major slip-ups. There are also plenty of spots where it's like, hey, we got this exactly right, or you know, one or two off, which in a league with 32 teams... That's that's pretty good. Um, I think our goal for for next year when we do this is, you know, well, obviously to be better, but more specifically to not have so many like or as many that we're way off of. But I feel like it it balances out. You know, we have a few that we're way off of, but then a lot that we're like pretty close on. So today we're gonna have our top three tiers. So our Super Bowl hopefuls, contenders, and favorites, or, you know, as we rank them. And we'll talk about how they finished. And of course, all of that will start off with number 17. And that's number 17, according to our preseason tier list. But number 17, we had the Dallas Cowboys, and they finished as the ninth best team in the league this year. So eh, we're eight off. Could be worse. Now, we said that they'd win the NFC East, they did. Uh, I don't think that really took much of a rocket scientist to predict. But they finished 12-5, and five and uh, in, the, in their first game of the playoffs, they got bounced by the 49ers. Looking at like some of the individual pieces, you know, of course Trayvon Diggs was going to get a lot of attention with his league-leading 11 interceptions. Dude was on a mission. Uh, Dan Quinn... Did a good job returning to his defensive coordinator role where he belongs. Uh, Dak Prescott, the 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's not bad. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott returned to his 1,000-yard form. Uh, Also got a 1,000-yard season from CeeDee Lamb. But when it comes down to it, it's the Cowboys. They'll probably make the playoffs and then get bounced fairly early. This is what the Cowboys do. Yeah, and we may have had a bias with putting the Cowboys so low because we put them in like, well, they're going to be hopefuls because they're going to win their division, but they're not actually going to get anywhere after that, which ended up being pretty accurate. We just didn't think they were going to have as good of a record as they did. And honestly, a big part of that that you didn't mention is Micah Parsons, who was defensive rookie of the year. Um, Absolutely amazing. And a guy who was used in a variety of ways, randomly a pass rusher with 13 sacks on the season, where that wasn't even what he was drafted to be. A lot of that was just kind of filling in because their pass rush wasn't doing it and they had some injuries. But he was just so effective, they just kept using him there. So... Honestly, 
a tremendous rookie season by him. You mentioned Diggs. That whole defense was pretty good. Dan Quinn, I don't know where that was in Atlanta, but, you know, whatever. I guess congrats to you for actually doing a good job for once. But yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, we already knew that they were going to get knocked out. And interestingly enough, the team that knocked them out, the 49ers, were the team that were one were ranked one spot below them in our tier list. So, eh, not not a great look there, but hey, the Cowboys lost in the opening round of the playoffs, so that makes me happy. All right, now moving on to number 16, we have the Indianapolis Colts, and they ended up with the 17th best record in the league. So we were only one off there, pretty much spot on. Indy just kind of had a disappointing season. You know, they were nine and eight. Um, They really collapsed at the end of the season. They were looking like they could have made the playoffs. They lost by two touchdowns to the Jags on the final week. I mean, there's no real coming back from that at that point. Um, You know, Carson Wentz, he's not there anymore. He had an uneven season. You know, Michael Pittman had a bit of a breakout season for him. And of course, Jonathan Taylor, arguably the best running back in the NFL today. Um, he had an amazing season. And the fact that they went 9-8, and eight, even with that, just kind of shows how much they underperformed in other areas. Yeah, first of all, Jonathan Taylor led the league in both rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Uh, incredible season from him. Darius Leonard had an incredible season, uh, four interceptions to go along with eight forced fumbles. But really, it's like those two players you mentioned, Pittman, there wasn't a lot of like other individual breakout performances to speak of. The good news for them is that they are replacing Carson Wentz with Matt Ryan. So, you know, we talked about Matt Ryan back in episode 24, but the Colts are getting... You know, for all we've said about Matt Ryan, he is a considerable upgrade over Carson Wentz. And I think most importantly is Matt Ryan knows who he is. Uh, One thing about Carson Wentz is that in a lot of late game situations, he sort of shies away from the moment. He doesn't really seem confident in playing his game. Instead, tries to like do other things, do too much. Matt Ryan knows what to do in the the moment. Uh, He knows what he's capable of. Uh, where the ball needs to go. Now, I'm not saying Matt Ryan is perfect and that he'll win every single game, but it is a big upgrade over Carson Wentz. And when you have your run game established with a phenomenal back like Jonathan Taylor, adding a more like seasoned, experienced quarterback like Matt Ryan will do, should do wonders for your team. So I I would expect them to be higher than 17th best this coming season. I think that's fair to say. and. It's interesting that that division, um, just looking at that, you've got Houston, Jacksonville, probably still going to be at the bottom of that division. And then it's really the Colts and the Titans. Obviously, the Titans we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, it'll be interesting to see, did the Colts do enough in the offseason to catch up to the Titans and be able to win that division? We'll just have to see. Now, moving on to um, our number 15, was the Vikings. Um, They had a bit of a worse season than we were expecting. They ended up with the 21st best record in the league. 
And it's just kind of the same old thing with the Vikings. Um, they have a lot of good pieces on their team, it seems like. They have a you know a probably underrated quarterback in Kirk Cousins. I mean, you can't say enough about Justin Jefferson. <laughs> that guy is an absolute animal. Um, of course, Dalvin Cook, almost guaranteed to get hurt at, at some point. But I mean, he played in 13 games this year out of 17, which for him is maybe his healthiest season from what I can remember. Uh, maybe he had one that was better than that. But they just can't quite seem to put it all together. And I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe it was the coaching because Mike Zimmer's gone. And maybe that means that this year, the Vikings will actually take that step and be able to compete with the Packers, who probably got worse. Not probably, they definitely got worse in the offseason, but we'll get to them later too. Speaking of the Packers, the Vikings will be getting Zadarius Smith from them this year. So that'll be an improvement, something to be excited, something to be excited about, something else to be excited about. You mentioned Zimmer being gone. They definitely needed a new voice in that locker room. Now, is Kevin O'Connell the answer? I mean, we'll find out, but offensive coordinator from the Super Bowl winning Rams. I mean, if you're going to get a new head coach, that's a good uh, a good place to start. Uh, hopefully he does well. I think, you know, if he can have a relatively healthy, because you'll never get a fully healthy Dalvin, but if you can get a relatively healthy Dalvin, and then you also give him Justin Jefferson, I agree Kirk Cousins is underrated. The pieces are there. It's just a matter of like finding the right person that can put it together into a successful puzzle or like completed picture or whatever. Hopefully, again, for your sake, uh, Kevin O'Connell can be the guy to do it. But we'll see how that goes. Maybe they'll end up with a winning record next year. Yeah. And can Daniil Hunter finally get back on the field? Because when that dude is playing, he's almost unblockable. But... It seems like he hasn't played in like two years. He tore his peck or something. So if he can come back healthy, then that, that'll be a huge addition. And at number 14, we have the New England Patriots, who ended up with the 12th best record in the league. So pretty close. And the Patriots probably did better than a lot of people were expecting, especially with Mac Jones, at quarterback. We put them up fairly high, I thought, but that's just because we believe in Belichick. It turns out we were right to do so. But overall, they did make it to the postseason, which was a pretty uh, impressive feat in and of itself, especially because this was kind of viewed to be a transition year for them. You know, breaking in the new quarterback, etc., etc. But of course, they did get absolutely walloped by the Bills, <laughs> forty-seven to seventeen, uh, in the postseason. Mac Jones was not ready for prime time, and the Bills finally got some of that sweet, sweet revenge after all of those years of pummeling by the Patriots with Brady. But you know, I, I think overall the Patriots are an interesting team uh, looking into next year. Uh, you know, they lost J.C. Jackson. Their, their defense is still probably going to be good each year, um, but they've lost some key pieces there. And um, as far as offense goes, I mean, they don't have a whole bunch of playmakers to work with. They did trade for Devontae Parker, uh, so I'm very interested to see how he's going to do because I've always been a big fan of his, and I think Miami's underutilized him. But 
Patriots, they're still probably going to be good next year. This year, they did probably better than expected, but still, they aren't quite ready yet to contend like they used to. We've talked several times in the past about like rookie quarterbacks going to the right situations and how important that is for them and how you know success is linked to where you end up. But all that being said, Mac Jones had the best rookie season among the the big five like rookie quarterbacks. Uh, threw for just under four thousand yards, twenty two touchdowns to thirteen interceptions. Not bad. Uh, and that's with Jacoby Myers being his best receiver. So I'm also a big fan of the addition of Devonte Parker. Um, I think while I went into that playoff game thinking that the Bills were the better team, you know, I did not expect that. Like, let's call it what it is: that ass whooping by the Bills. I, I think it's telling though about the Patriots and Belichick that their like transition year is a first round exit in the playoffs. Uh, Mac Jones wasn't ready for prime time. He's a rookie quarterback and you know, not all rookie quarterbacks go to the playoffs first of all, but second of all are ready for that moment. And now you have a second year quarterback going into next year that has playoff experience, albeit not much of it and not like not good experience, but he's been there before now. And, and that's a lot to build off of. So um, I I think given the circumstances, having lost Brady and all uh, not too, not too long ago, this is, this is a successful season for the Patriots. Uh, moving on to number 13, we had the Miami Dolphins who finished as the 18th best team. And I know we mentioned this before on a past podcast, probably our mid season tier list, but Dolphins were disappointing, and they were disappointing then, and they're disappointing now. And let's see, they finished nine and eight, so winning record, and then inexplicably fire Brian Flores. And we saw the uh, all of the uh, the drama that unfolded after that. Now they've hired Mike McDaniel to be their new head coach. Um, He's been a Shanahan assistant for a while. Tua, not a great season. Under 3,000 yards, 16 uh, touchdowns to 10 interceptions uh, when he was playing. A, a disappointment is my word for Miami, but my big takeaway is that they fired their good coach, and I don't expect them to, to make a lot of strides next season. I I had trust in Flores. I don't know that I can trust McDaniel. I mean, we don't know. I'm not trying to like wish it, like failure upon him or anything. I, I just have a bad taste in my mouth after this season from Miami. Yeah. What was crazy to me is how bad the Dolphins were at the beginning of the season. I think it's easy to forget. They won the first game of the season over the Patriots, actually. Then they lose the next seven in a row. <laughs> So they're one in seven. They even lose to the Falcons <laughs> and the Jaguars on back-to-back weeks. That's how bad the Dolphins were playing. But then they win eight of their last nine games to finish with a winning record. Brian Flores, you know, obviously it was not a good start to the season. 
But when you come back and you make that kind of uh, comeback and turn the season around like he did, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's inexplicable why they would have fired him. It's just a mess. And, you know, you mentioned the drama and all that. Don't really want to get too, too much into it. But yeah, I mean, I think the Flores is on the Steelers uh, coaching staff now. Uh, Mike McDaniel, we'll see what he can do. Uh, I think the Dolphins needed some new, uh, a, a new fresh perspective on, on their offense anyway. So I'll be interested to see how that works out. And I mean, what they do in the draft will be interesting too, because um, in my opinion, they need a running back. I mean, they had a running back by committee last year. It was middling at best. Um, you know, of course, Jalen Waddle had a really productive season um, in his rookie year. He had 104 catches on 140 targets. But, but he just barely broke a thousand yards, six touchdowns. Overall, it was a pretty good season. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll get we'll talk about this more NFL draft and NFL preview. But they've loaded up um, this season or this off season, and they've gotten a lot better. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do make a leap. Um, I mean, just a couple of names, Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead. I mean, these are guys who are going to inject a lot of uh, dynamism into that offense, along with this new scheme with that, you know, if he's a Shanahan guy, we know Shanahan knows offense better than almost anyone else in the NFL. So I'm optimistic i would say about the dolphins it's just unfortunately the whole brian flores situation just kind of puts a stain on it for me but uh, moving on past that speaking of the steelers actually they come in at number 12 on our tier list they were the 13th best team so we were just one off there uh of course we were but the steelers i mean they were nine seven and one in big ben's final season they did manage to make it into the postseason, uh, where of course they got whooped by the Chiefs and an unceremonious exit, um, which no one was surprised by. But you know, the Steelers are one of those teams, one of those really well-run franchises, kind of like the Patriots, where I just, even though there's uncertain uncertainty at quarterback, I just don't see the Steelers going through any type of major rebuilding. I think they're going to continue to try to be competitive, even in that tough division that they're in. They've got a lot of pieces there, you know. Uh, Najee Harris had a pretty good season um, in his rookie year. And they've got playmakers uh, on defense, of course. Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, and how could I have not mentioned him already? TJ Watt breaking the single season record for sacks in only um, 15 games played. I mean, absolutely ridiculous from him. So he's going to, you know, I'm sure look to run it back this year. At 9-7-1, and one, Mike Tomlin's run of not having a losing record continues. Uh, this is why, or a big reason why we won't expect much of like a rebuilding period, like you said, because we have such consistency at that head coaching spot. 
Mike Tomlin is one of the great coaches in the NFL. And, you know, I guess to sum up, like, consistency. Uh, Mike Tomlin is consistently great. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, we're going to be without him next year. But he's been their quarterback since 2004. Uh, There's consistency there. TJ Watt, since he entered the league, consistently a freaking menace. But this year especially, my gosh. Uh, Najee Harris, uh, 1,200 yards, which put him fourth in the league among running backs. And seven touchdowns, which was in the top 15. So great rookie year. That could set up consistency at that uh, running back position. And what is pittsburgh known for as a franchise run the ball stop the run i i look at this team as like they know what they want to do they have the coach that wants to do it and it looks like they're playing like they have so many pieces there they have the running back they have the great pass rusher um i expect this team like if not to be like competitors at least like playoff like in playoff contention year in and year out. And and this year, I think they, they proved that. Yeah, and I think you have to respect that, especially in this day and age of tanking. Um, like I was saying before, I don't think the Steelers are, are run that way. So that takes us to number 11, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they ended up having the 10th best record in the league. So we were just one off there, just like we were with the Steelers. And the Cardinals, for a while, were looking like we were actually disrespecting them a little bit. They looked like potentially one of the best teams in the league for a big portion of the season, but they really faded at the end of the year, um, losing four of their last five games and then losing in the postseason um, quite embarrassingly to the Rams 34 to 11 in that. And, you know, we've had some drama with Kyler Murray. Does he even want to be there? Blah, blah, blah uh, with the Cardinals. And this is a team that, to be fair, DeAndre Hopkins was injured for a lot of the year. Um, He wasn't able to play. They traded for Zach Ertz. I think that was a good move uh, moving forward as well. You know, James Conner actually had a decent season, uh, only 750 yards, but 15 rushing touchdowns. And, you know, defensively, they're really going to miss Chandler Jones. He's gone and they're going to have to try to figure out a way to uh, replicate that production. And, but it really comes down to Kyler Murray. You know uh, I think from what I've heard, he, he wants that con either this contract extension or uh, potentially he maybe even wants out. I don't even know. Uh, but I mean, he is the Cardinals franchise. <laughs> Lest we forget the Cardinals had drafted Josh Rosen in the first round and then drafted Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick the very next year. They've invested a lot in him. They need him to step up and be better. And overall, I mean, if you, at the beginning of the season, you said the Cardinals made the playoffs, they went 11 and six and they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion Rams in the first round, you would say, okay, that sounds like a pretty successful season overall, but if you dive a little bit deeper, it's not quite so rosy. Yeah. The thing about the Cardinals, like you said, is very much just like they sputtered out, um, which is something Cliff Kingsbury is known for. Honestly, uh, 
you get these good starts to the season and then you just never finish them. That goes back to when he was a coach in college. Kyler Murray. I mean, his stats weren't bad. 3,800 yards in the air, 400 on the ground. Uh, 24 passing touchdowns could be better. He had five of those on the ground, 10 picks. It's like these stats aren't like bad. They're just not like that great either. Uh, and that's sort of Kyler Murray in a nutshell. He's like not bad. He, sh- he just hasn't been great. And what's crazy is like when the Cardinals were balling at the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, this is uh, Kyler Murray's statement season. Uh, should we consider him like as an early season MVP candidate? No. No, we shouldn't. Uh, that's that's what we learned this season. Uh, as for James Conner, they went ahead and extended his contract, which was interesting to me, the money they gave him given that, you know, 750 yards. Uh, this is, like, is he your, like, bell horse type of player? Uh, but like you said, he sure as heck can punch it in. 15 touchdowns on the season, that's great. Uh, next season, the Cardinals really need to build up a similar momentum but actually maintain it the whole season uh, like just sputtering out this year is that's what i'll remember about the cardinals season yeah also i really like the term bell horse it's bell cow and workhorse combined you know what's really funny that's not even the first time i've done that i think we did that i think i did that on the first tier list episode maybe that's just your Mike Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Here we go. <laughs> bell horse. Here you heard go. it here first. James Conner is a bell horse running back. But. Or is he? That's the question. Right. Or is he? Should he be? Uh, the yeah. I, I mean, I think that investment was a little weird. Running backs. I feel like you can just kind of get. I, mean, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but. You certainly shouldn't be paying somebody like James Conner that much money just because he fell into the end zone 15 times and he's good for my like short yarded situations, you know, but Hey, I don't care about the Cardinals really. So whatever, <laughs> spend your money as you will. Yeah. All right. It's time to go to number 10. We had the Seahawks there. And unfortunately, for our tier list, at least, they end up with the 23rd best record. It was a bad season for the Seahawks. The first one that I can remember in, I mean, a decade, maybe. The um, first losing record with Russell Wilson. And speaking of Russell Wilson, he's gone. Russell Wilson is a Denver Bronco, and that means that this era of uh, Seattle Seahawks football is over. I mean, apparently they're happy with Drew Locke starting uh, this next season as their starting quarterback. Not sure why, but I mean, I think you have to view the Seahawks season as a disappointment. There's no other way to say it. I mean, Russell Wilson actually missed a few games, but even that aside, he only threw for like 3,000 yards. Um, of course, he took care of the ball as he always does, only six picks. But one thing that was interesting, Rashad Penny came on um, and he ended up re-signing with them uh, this offseason. And at the end of the year, he was balling. 
was like, finally, he's that first round uh, running back who looks like he should have been drafted in the first round. It just took him until the last few, uh, the last few games of his rookie contract in order to actually look like it. But I mean, you still got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, one of the better wide receiver duos in the NFL. The defense is lacking now. I mean, Bobby Wagner's also gone. And that's, that's really, uh, you know, almost the same thing as Russell Wilson being gone for their offense. I mean, Bobby Wagner has been the quarterback more or less of the defense um, over this whole period of time where Seattle has been one of the better teams and consistent teams in the league. Both of their, you know, their most important player on defense and on offense are gone. You know, Pete Carroll is still there for now, but I think this past season was a disappointment and you've got to look at next season and say, the Seahawks are by far the worst team in the NFC West. Unlike what we were saying about the Steelers and Patriots, it's rebuilding time, and we're going to see a uh, a harsh version of that with the Seahawks. Um, this is a team whose fans have enjoyed a lot of success in the last like 10-ish years, uh, maybe even more than that. This is going to be one of the – I mean, I anticipate this being one of the worst seasons – in two or three decades for the Seahawks coming up. Uh, Drew Lockett quarterback, I don't dislike him, but he's not a quarterback at this moment that makes me think like, yes, this is the future for this team. He he could win the job and end up being their, their quarterback for the next decade or so, but we don't know yet. And like, there's just a lot up in the air with this team. They're going to have to draft well, uh, and they're going to have to just like bear it right for next season. Uh, look at next season's draft. Look at next season's off season. I mean, you already said it. The best player on both sides of the ball is gone. Uh, time to look to the future. And in the future, we'll not be putting y'all in the top 10. <laughs> best belief. Speaking of teams that shouldn't have been in our top 10, we had the Cleveland Browns at number nine. They finished as the 20th best team in the NFL, uh, going 8-9. and nine. Of course, you know, they ended up dropping Odell Beckham Jr. Um, they, and they, they got to watch him get a, a, a Super Bowl ring in Los Angeles. Um, and that whole thing was like a matter of, oh, look what OBJ is doing now that he's being like properly utilized or whatever, because there was no chemistry there between... Uh, him and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Nick Chubb, still great. Miles Garrett, still great. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan is kind of emerging. Uh, I mean, he was their leading receiver this year with like 600 yards. But, you know, do with that what you will. I mean, he averaged 17 and a half yards per catch. So he's that deep threat for, for them. But... Yeah, overall, their their receiving room was absolutely atrocious. I mean, Jarvis Landry had a horrible season. The tight ends didn't really produce very well in Joku and Austin Hooper. And you already mentioned Odell. I mean, he barely even played for them. And, of course, you already mentioned what happened. It's, it's crazy. You know, I feel like we... 
I don't want to say we bought into the hype, but we did put them as a top 10 team in the NFL. And I really don't know why we did. Uh, I'll go ahead and take most of the blame for that one. I'm pretty sure Mike had uh, the Browns lower than I did when we were discussing and, you know, kind of combining our lists into this one tier list. But I probably, I guess I convinced him (laughs) to move them a little higher and that was my mistake. So don't worry. We won't do that again next year, even with this whole Deshaun Watson situation, which is going to be interesting to to watch and see um, how it all plays out. You know, the Browns really, really mortgage the future in order to get him. We don't even know if he'll play this season. Obviously, when on the field, we know that he's an elite talent, but they're going to need... Uh, guys for him to throw to and I don't know Baker Mayfield's right now is their backup quarterback so that's just going to be an interesting thing to watch too but you know the Browns are the Browns now with Deshaun Watson that's going to be a huge like wild card I guess because where we rank them next year at uh in our preseason tier list and how they end up doing is going to have a lot to do with whether or not Deshaun Watson is going to play. I've said this before, but any team with Deshaun Watson playing can win any given game. I don't feel that way about Baker Mayfield. So obviously that's going to be something to watch out for. Now, at number eight on our tier list, the Los Angeles Chargers, who finished as the 16th best team in the league. Now, they also went 9-8, and eight, missed the playoffs, and we saw that, like, the game that led to them missing the playoffs. So they, they were close to the playoffs, but alas, they did not make it. Uh, great season from Justin Herbert. Uh, 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. You had two, two different 1,000-yard receivers in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, uh, not to mention Austin Eckler, the force that he is. Uh, as a dual threat runner and receiver. But here we are again with the Chargers, just not finishing it out. Uh, Games that they should have won that they didn't, and that is what came back to bite them in the butt when they, you know, we can look at the game at the end of the season where, like, you know, because of how the game played out, they didn't make the playoffs. But the reality is if they had clutched up in one other game, uh, earlier on in the season, that game wouldn't have even mattered at the end. Uh, They didn't do everything that they needed to do to get where they wanted to be. And so they missed the playoffs at nine and eight and finished around the middle of the pack. Yeah. And I I think we were, you know, rightfully so singing Justin Herbert's praises and really, uh, you know, having him be the main reason why we had the Chargers so high the Chargers just couldn't stop the run. Um, their defense was pretty terrible. I mean, they got Derwin James back, and that w- was a help. But overall, I mean, they just um, they were just horrible against the run, like I said. And even Justin Herbert's heroics weren't enough uh, in some of these games. I mean, you said if they had just clutched up in different games. I mean, I'm looking at... Um, the game against the Texans, which is their third to last game of the season. 
they lost that one, 41 to 29. And if they had won that, then, you know, they would have been a much better position. But the future's still bright for the Chargers. Uh, they've already made some some moves in free agency. Uh, and of course, Justin Herbert's just going to continue to get better. And they have a few, you know, key pieces that have been there and that will continue to be there. You know, Mike Williams really had a breakout season for them. He kind of slowed down towards the end of the year, but I mean, he still had 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns, actually outproduced Keenan Allen, interestingly enough. But, uh, you know, they re-signed him. So the Chargers are one of those teams I still look at, and I think they're in the uh, they're ascending in the league. But we, I guess we were a little bit too optimistic in terms of that happening um, this season. A team that we weren't too opt- optimistic about was the team that we had at number seven, the Tennessee Titans, who actually ended up having the seventh best record in the league. So we got that one spot on. Though I will say, probably not for the same reasons <laughs> that they ended up uh, with that record versus what we thought that they would do. Obviously, we could not have uh, foreseen the injury to Derrick Henry. He only played eight games and almost still rushed for a thousand yards in half the season. Absolute animal with friggin' 10 touchdowns. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Ryan Tannehill just hasn't really been able to recapture that magic he had from a couple years ago. Um, Julio Jones, I mean, what a disappointment. Like, this dude had one touchdown all of last year. 434 yards. He only played in 10 games. Honestly, he just kind of looks washed. And the trade that the Falcons made to, you know, not get rid of him, but, you know, I think they they knew that he was, his body was breaking down and he was pretty much done. And that's what we saw in Tennessee, you know? So it's had, I mean, it's really sad to see. Obviously, I'm a huge Julio Jones fan, but looks like he's pretty much done. I definitely think he is. I mean, the the player that Julio used to be, he's not he's not that anymore. I think a lot can be said about the Titans and how, you know, after Derrick Henry got injured after just 8 games, I think a lot of people expected them to like take a big dip, but they didn't really. They rallied and a lot of praise goes to Mike Vrabel on that. He deserved that coach of the year award, which, you know, he won it. And so I think now is a good enough time to say that uh, when we did our bold and reasonable predictions for the NFL season, both of our reasonable predictions were right. You were right that the Falcons would not win the Super Bowl. I was right that the coach of the year would be awarded to a new recipient. So, hey, look at that. This team got beat out of the playoffs by the Bengals, who, of course, went on to compete in the Super Bowl. So uh, we can take that for what it's worth this was the first team that we had in our super bowl contenders list and i think like having the record that they did you know um going 12 and 5 having the season they did losing to the eventual super bowl runner-up i think super bowl contender feels like the right spot to have put them in so I'll, and you know given we had them seven they finished seventh it's hard to nail one of these teams better than this in my mind yeah, and hopefully Derrick Henry will, will come back at full strength and 
when that happens, look out uh, for the Titans for sure. So our brief streak, which you can't even call it because it was just one team that we got spot on is going to end. The Ravens, we had at number six. They ended up with the 19th best record. And overall, you have to say it was a disappointing season for them. I mean, they finished last bottom of the AFC North. Who would have predicted that going into the season? That, you know, the Browns, of course, the Bengals, even the Steelers would finish above them. In my mind, the Ravens were the clear favorites to win this division, but they choked it. Of course, Lamar Jackson getting hurt was a big part of their struggles. But let's be honest, he was struggling before he even got injured. I mean, he had 16 passing touchdowns, 13 picks. Uh, He was still doing his thing on the ground, but he was not able to really carry them to victories. Uh, Their rushing attack was fine, but it was just, you know, running back by committee. And, you know, their defense just really wasn't quite as good as it normally is. You know, normally we, we look at the Ravens and they, their defense is, is on point, but they had a lot of injuries this year as has been the case for the past couple of years. Honestly, I mean, uh, they lost Marlon Humphrey. They lost Marcus Peters. Their cornerback situation was just very bad cornerback situation. <laughs> um, so it was, that was just really hard for them to overcome. Even with Mark Andrews, probably submitting himself as the second best tight end in the league after Kelsey uh, and Marquise Brown barely squeaking out that thousand yard season with a thousand and eight yards. Um, so they had all right seasons, especially Andrews. Uh, but I mean, you just got to look at the Ravens and I'm not even mad about this prediction being so far off because they should have been better and they just weren't. Um, and I'm just viewing that as the Ravens choking, not us being bad at predicting. Yeah, so Mark Andrews was the like the main guy I wanted to give love to. Uh, fantastic season. Top 10 in both receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And that's added as a tight end. Because uh, when I say top 10, I'm including receivers and all that. And Austin Eckler. Um, he was a beast, and pretty much no one else on that team was. I mean, you mentioned Marquise Brown, who... I don't get to say this very often, especially this year. But hey, he did well on my fantasy team. <laughs> One of the few players from my fantasy team that wasn't a steaming pile all year long. Hey, so you and the Ravens have something in common. What? One good player? <laughs> <laughs> Two, three, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So you go, you go eight and nine. They lost their last six games, and yeah, four and a half of those were out were without Lamar Jackson. But like you said, it's not like we can just go, oh, well, if you like have him for those like last four, they would have won. I don't feel comfortable saying that. Like maybe they win two of those. That's still ten and seven, and they probably get bounced right away. Like, yeah, I don't blame us. I blame the Ravens. Uh, y'all definitely need to do better next year um now we go on to a team that literally can't do better next year the la rams we had them at number five and they won the super bowl 
they were the best team in the NFL. Now, when we get into top five, and we say a team will be top five and they win the Super Bowl, I'm not mad at that at all. We, we're we saying this team will compete and be one of the few teams in the mix for the championship, and we were right. They did it. Good job, Rams. We've talked about the Rams before, um, obviously with our reaction to the Super Bowl, but I'm taking this uh, prediction as a success uh, for all of the reasons that we've listed out. I mean, you can recap if you want like what we've talked about on past episodes, but the Rams did what they need to do. Stafford in his first season away from Detroit. Uh, finally, you deserve better and you got better. Uh, already mentioned OBJ. He leaves Cleveland and goes ahead and wins one. Uh, but good job Rams. And this again, feels like a success without calling it as the champion. Right. And I mean, they had, I mean, there are multiple storylines with this team. Cooper Cup, what a season, what a guy. Uh, speaking of my fantasy team, that's who I had. Uh, <laughs> and with his almost 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns, I'll take that every season, every day of the week. Um, you know, of course, on defense, Aaron Donald continued to be his um, usual self. Um, you know, th- their weird method of... I wouldn't say weird, just um, out-of-the-box method of not bothering to draft players and just trading for uh, for established stars. It proved that it would work, and maybe we'll see business changed uh, in the NFL because of that. But, yeah, shout-out to the Rams. You know, we thought that they would be good. Uh, there was a lot of hype going uh, for them going into the season, and it was deserved, you know, and you know, they win the Super Bowl at home. It's pretty impressive. Number four, we had the Buffalo Bills. They didn't do quite as well as we thought. Uh, They ended up with the eighth best record in the league. And this was a team that I really thought could honestly win the Super Bowl. Uh, I was really high on them. And when it came down to it, they were pretty close to making it, uh, to the AFC championship game, you know, there was that amazing game between the bills and the chiefs that only ended because the chiefs won the coin toss and scored the touchdown and the bills didn't have a chance to respond. But I think the bills still showed that sure they ended up with the eighth best record, but they were definitely one of the top teams in the league. And when it came to the postseason, I mean, we talked about them destroying the Patriots and then they hung with the chiefs right until the end. And, you know, Josh Allen, he had a very, very good season and showing why he deserved that huge contract extension. You know, Stefan Diggs had another solid year for them. You know, Dawson Knox kind of came out of nowhere and provided a a good secondary target for him. And of course, that defense was was good, too. But when they lost Travis White, that was a, a major blow uh, for them. So. Once he's back healthy, I think that that'll help their defense tremendously. And I think the Bills are are one of those teams. They they're really set up for uh for a run of success here. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they make it into our top five uh, teams again next year. Yeah, I expect this Bills team to continue to be good. 
the pairing of Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen is too deadly. I mean, just to be a little like critical, Josh Allen technically took a step back from the previous season in terms of yards, touchdowns, interceptions, and completion percentage. That being said, throwing for 4,400 yards, 36 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions is still a good season at quarterback, especially in Buffalo, where they've been. This is a team that started Nathan Peterman. Like This team deserves a good quarterback, Um, and they have one in Josh Allen. Yet, like you said, next year, expect them to be good. Um, This is a team that, when healthy, can can swing with the rest of them, and and hopefully they won't like we won't have to see more situations like that overtime one they, i mean they did just pass that that playoff rule where we won't um where i guess long story short uh the rule is now that both teams will get a chance to have the ball or to possess the ball in overtime and they're tr- like rolling this out for playoff games this season and that's because of how we saw the uh Chiefs Bills game end you know, had that rule been in place this past year, who knows where the Chiefs would be. So now we've arrived at the top three. We've got the Green Bay Packers, who finished as the fifth best team. So, hey, within two, another 13-win season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, spoiler alert, is still really good at football. But here's the thing. So in the last, like, decade-ish, Aaron Rodgers, despite being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, continuously wins 13 games in the regular season and then loses in or before the NFC championship game. And now you're going to be playing without Devonte Adams. The Packers just seem like the team, like they seem like an easy team for us to put in the tier list. We know that they're going to have a good regular season. We know that they're going to make the playoffs quite likely with a, a first round buy. Uh, and then they won't win the Super Bowl because they just can't get it done Like at the end of the season. This is sort of the story behind Aaron Rodgers' career at this point in terms of legacy when it comes to winning games. Right. I mean, he did win the MVP this year. His stats were absolutely ridiculous. 37 passing touchdowns, four interceptions. That's just absurd. And, you know, they had that, uh, one-two punch of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones as well, which they're still going to have next season. So maybe we'll see a shift in philosophy because as of right now, they haven't really signed anybody to replace Devontae Adams. Not that you can really replace that kind of guy, but their receiver room is looking bleak. I think if they if they don't draft a receiver in the first round, then like this year, that I don't know if they ever will because I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a, an amazing quarterback, but even he can't just make a do with Alan Lazard and like Robert Tunyon or whatever. <laughs> like, like even he needs, needs some, some guys who can uh, you know get separation. So yeah, the Packers, they're going to be a very interesting team to watch in the draft specifically, that's what I'm looking at. Um, and you know, on the defensive side, they did resign Devontae Campbell, um, and Russell Douglas, two guys who kind of came out of nowhere to be very good for them on the defensive end. Um, and really it was, 
like the defense was a huge part of their success this year. And most of those pieces are coming back and they didn't even have uh, Jair Alexander uh, for the year too. And when he comes back, you know, he's one of the best corners in the league. So, you know, the Packers are still going to be good, but like you said, you know, that lack of postseason success, they had that one Super Bowl ring. But other than that, I mean, losing to the 49ers and only scoring one touchdown in that game, it's, it's just not acceptable for a player of Aaron Rodgers' quality. Now, moving on to number two in our tier list, we had the Kansas City Chiefs. They ended up with the third best record in the league, losing in the AFC Championship game to the Bengals. And, you know, for the Chiefs, I think at, at this point, they have that mentality of championship or bust. So you could say that their um, their season was not a success. But overall, I mean, they kind of did what we expected them to do. You know, they uh, Patrick Mahomes had another very good season, almost 5,000 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 picks. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey still doing their thing as usual. And, you know, the defense started clicking at the right time for them later in the year. And uh, in the playoffs, it it wasn't there quite so much. But I think one thing that we're seeing um, is that a lot of these teams who have this young franchise quarterback, when they give them their extension, all of a sudden they don't have enough money to pay these different players. And the Chiefs are a great example of that. I mean, this offseason, they had to let Tyreek Hill go because they wouldn't be able to afford his extension and they couldn't resign Tyron Matthew. This is, you know, probably a top five receiver and definitely a top five safety in the league that you can't resign because Mahomes is making however much money he is. But it's one of those weird things where it's not like you aren't going to give Mahomes the money, but it really does show that you need a solid uh, core around the quarterback in order to compete and uh, and ultimately win a title. And the Chiefs are going to have to find some other ways to win, maybe actually have some semblance of a ground game for once um, going into next season because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has really been a disappointment. Yeah, when you look at the Chiefs running backs, like you got Daryl Williams putting up 558 yards, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with 517. You compare that to like teams like the Titans where Derrick Henry was on pace for 2000 yards. Like I don't I'm not saying they need a Derrick Henry, but you got to get a more reliable running back than that. Like um and then of course you're going to have to replace Tyreek Hill. Um what is McCall Hardman going to be like? I mean, is he a number one option at receiver? Uh, no. Yeah. No, he's not. Um, what I agree the most with from what you said is what you're saying about the salary cap. Uh, there's, there's a really interesting article that came out like last summer, I think. And I was trying to find it uh, earlier, but you know, maybe I'll look for it later on this week and, post it if i can but it was basically looking at like uh quarterback salaries of super bowl winning teams and it was something like a 
a team has never won the Super Bowl while the quarterback is occupying like this percentage or more of the team salary. And the reality is that like every major quarterback extension exceeds that percentage point. Uh, basically saying that once you give your quarterback like a major extension, you're not going to win the Super Bowl because you can't afford to pay other players. Look what happened with Matt Ryan. Like as case in point, the you have to, what's the phrase? Like you have to rob Peter to pay Paul or something like that. Uh, it's something like that. The, you only have a certain amount of money to spend, and the more you give to the quarterback, the less money you can give to your to the weapons that you're giving him. Uh, this is part of why Tom Brady has been so successful his whole career, taking less money so that his team can afford bigger pieces. And like you said, we're seeing that the Chiefs can't hold that team together now uh, in the way that they have before because they have to pay him homes. And what are you going to do? let Mahomes go elsewhere for some other team to pay him to not win a Super Bowl. <laughs> you can't do that. It, eventually this trend will end, I'm sure. But history is not on its side. And until then, I think the Chiefs like statistics tell me that the Chiefs will be a fantastic team that might now struggle to win another championship because of how much money Patrick Mahomes is occupying. 100% Speaking of Tom Brady, we've reached the number one team in our tier list, which was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which we had to when they returned literally all of their players from their Super Bowl winning team or the starters, you know, you know what I mean? And the Bucks ended up finishing with the sixth best record. I realize we've been saying the sixth best record, but that's not exactly true. It's just where they ended up in the draft order, like with the playoff ending and everything, but whatever, it's too late. It's too late now to like fix that. So Tom Brady, you know, this was apparently his swan song, his last season. Uh, not that we knew beforehand, of course, but it only, it only took, However many days before he decided, nope, I'm running it back again. Maybe I'll let you talk on this more, Mike, uh, than I am than I will. But I just hate people who are flaky. I think you just can't make a decision to retire and then just immediately just be like, oh, just kidding, never mind. Like, I don't know. I I just think that comes that just doesn't come across well. Like Brett Favre was one thing because, but like when you're somebody, when you're like Tom Brady and you're like the best player of all time, don't just like say you're going to retire because he could retire and then, and be the greatest player of all time. And then just like come back and just be like, just kidding. You know, I just, I wasn't a fan of that move, but in terms of the Buccaneers specifically, you know, they had a pretty good season. I mean, they were pretty close to beating the Rams uh, in that divisional round. And we actually had a podcast um, about how it was the greatest divisional round ever um, in NFL playoff history. And this game was one of the reasons why, you know, uh, Rams kicking the field goal at the end of the game to win it. And Brady, I mean, he had another great season. I mean, he threw for 5,300 yards, not enough to break the single season record, which would have made my bold prediction come true. But, 
still, I mean, 43 touchdowns, 12 picks. And of course, he had a really good team around him. You know, Laren Fournette broke out a little bit more, and he's going to be a force uh, in this coming year. I can tell you that much. You know, when Chris Godwin got hurt, that was pretty tough for them to take. Um, but hopefully he'll be back this year. He's a guy who I just genuinely like and want to see succeed, even though he's on the Buccaneers. Uh, Mike Evans, another 1,000-yard season, extending his streak. He also had 14 touchdowns. Um, <laughs> they did have that whole Antonio Brown situation, <laughs> which uh, was comical at best, um, just kind of sad at worst. But, um, you know, the Buccaneers, they didn't win the Super Bowl. So, again, probably not a success with their standards, but they were pretty close. And I think they were close enough to where Tom Brady was just like, I gotta, I gotta give this one more shot. Couple things. First of all, Antonio Brown. Uh, I want to be careful about how I talk about Antonio Brown because. While I'm not a fan of him or anything he does, I look back at that hit that he took from Vontez Perfect, and I think this has to be like a result of like CTE, right? There's got to be like, and I'm not trying to be like harsh or ugly about this. Medically speaking, there's got to be like brain damage there, right? Like, I look at the stuff he does, the stuff he says, and I think like there's no way that like he being in his right mind would say and do all this stuff. There's something else going on. With that being said, I want Antonio Brown to not be on an NFL roster again. Uh, I don't think that he needs to be on a football field for a myriad of reasons, none the least of which is that if I'm right, about there being brain damage here. He doesn't need more hits. That's the last thing he needs. Second, um, I think that he could undergo a lot of personal growth were he to take some time away from the game to like, you know, do like some therapy, like, you know, focus on bettering yourself like mentally, uh, emotionally, spiritually. Um, third of all, I'm just ready for the drama to end. Um, I don't think we need another season where another team gives him a chance and figures out that like he's, for lack of a better word, unreliable uh, in terms of his professionalism or lack thereof. Now, to move on to Tom Brady. I am happy that I'm going to see another season of my favorite player of all time. Uh, not to mention the greatest of all time, but I also agree with you in like, in that I have this distaste for this whole retiring, just kidding thing. I wonder if he was just like, you know, he stepped away knowing that like, okay, I just show that I can still ball out at age 44. It's not even about like the, the physical side of it. And then he watches, uh, some teams like get worse like we mentioned Devonte adams leaving the packers you know other teams having similar situations like that and i wonder if he's just looking at this like huh i might actually have an easier go of it this coming year than i did last year or than i would have last year chris godwin could come back you know all these other 
uh, factors. If Tom Brady's coming back, I immediately have to put him at the very least as a contender next year. But here's what I'm worried about. With Brett Favre, what we saw was like a really, really, really good player deteriorate and retire and unretire and retire and unretire. And every single time it got worse and every single time it got more and more sad. And that's what I'm worried about happening with Tom Brady. This like, this slippery slope where he gets worse and instead of being remembered as the greatest player of all time, which he will be, but instead of being remembered exclusively as the greatest player of all time, he starts to get remembered as like the player that we watched deteriorate and the player that couldn't throw the ball more than 30 yards down the field. Like think about what I've said about Drew Brees. Uh, Think about, I mean, this is nowhere near the same category, but think about how bad Eli Manning looked for the last few years of his career. That's what I don't want to happen. Tom Brady could play until 50, but he won't be Tom Brady until 50, I I highly doubt. And I don't want to see him like, uh, like dance that line and then fall on the wrong side of it. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, like, what is left to prove, man? Like, you've done it all, and you've done it better than anyone else. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe he was looking at it and saying, you know what, I think we can do this again. But if that's the case, then why not wait until all of, like, free agency happens and all these moves to then make your decision? I I don't know. I just, it just rubs me the wrong way. Uh, I, I think if you're that successful, you should just be able to be like, all right, I'm going to go off on my terms. I'm done. I have nothing else left to prove, which he doesn't. You know, it it just kind of seems a little weird. Like he must just be trying to do this for himself. You know, that's the only thing I can think of is there's something that he wants to accomplish that he hasn't accomplished yet. Or, you know, he know like, I guess he knows his body better than anybody else. He knows his, obviously his mind. I'm just wondering, like, did a month off of football, what made him realize like, oh, I actually still want to do this. It's kind of like any relationship though. Like, well, not any, but you know, um, we've all had relationships where you like, you break up and then like, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. You start to realize what life is like without that person. And in that absence, you realize that, like, you're not ready for it to be over. Maybe that's what's happened to Brady. He's like, I thought I was ready to hang it up. But now I'm seeing, like, how hard it is to, like, not, or to know that I'm not going to be going to training camp next month or uh, be preparing to, like, play another season and you know with this having been his whole life basically it must be hard to step away from it i can't imagine it'd be easy but everyone else seems to do it <laughs> it's, we're just kind of getting into like speculation here you know but when you're like the best in the world at something surely it's got to be difficult to just be like all right well i had my time but now like who am i without this you know if I'm not Tom Brady quarterback of an NFL franchise, then who am I? You know, I think a lot of players probably do go through that of like being an NFL player is their identity. And when you retire, I mean, we see this with people who aren't NFL players who just 
like older people who, you know, who retire at 65 or whatever it is and who have worked their whole life. And they're just like, well, what do I do now? You know, maybe I'll give him a little bit of grace in that, but still I'm like, dude, you've done it all. Just, just hanging up on your terms while you're still like, I mean, he probably like along with Rogers, he had the best season of any quarterback in the league. So, you know, it is amazing what he continues to do, but he's coming back for another season and you got to say the Bucks are the favorites to win the division again. And once you win the division, it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. So it's hard to bet against him. But I think that's going to wrap up uh, this part two of reviewing our NFL tier list from this past season. I'm really looking forward to the NFL draft, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Um, on our next episode, this coming Friday, we will uh, be breaking down and doing an NFL draft preview for you guys. So make sure to uh, subscribe to us on whatever uh, podcast platform you listen to us on. Make sure you keep an eye out for that. And yeah, I mean, football is gone for now, but it'll be back before we know it. And um, I'm just excited to see kind of how the roster shake out and start looking forward to next season. Mentioned this on the last episode, but when you hear this episode, there will still be time to ask us any questions that you have going into the NFL draft, uh, what players should be targeted, what teams should be looking for, etc. So ask us those questions on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike and Dave Pod. And if we're able to see those questions before we record that episode, we'll do our best to hit on those points as well as whatever uh, other information we need to bring you guys for that. But this will wrap up our special bonus episode. And again, Next week, we'll release our third episode in just as many weeks. For just the second time in history, it's monumental. But as always, this has been Mike. And this has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. Podcast.